Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Audrey Fenef. As you probably already know, the Countercharge Mantic Army Challenge kicks off June 1st. So let's begin with the rules. Rule 1. It starts June 1st, 2022. Rule 2. 2,100 points must be completed by December 31st, 2022. Rule 3. The minimum scoring per month is 1. Rule 4. Try to use Mantic models where available. Rule 5, 90% Mantic models in your army. Rule 6, post whips and completed pictures of your monthly progress. Next up, we have clips from our community detailing what army's folks will be working on for the challenge, so sit back and enjoy. Hello, Countercharge people. This is Bill Harvat in Omaha, Nebraska. For the Countercharge painting challenge for 2022, I will be doing a firefight force um, I'm going to be doing a full force of Marauders, and the reason I'm doing Firefight instead of Kings of War is because I have already painted two entire Kings of War armies for 2022. I painted a Northern Alliance army as well as an entire Halfling army, which I'll be bringing to Bug Eater. So, Rob, hopefully we get a play. That'd be cool. <laughs> we'll see, because I'm a little rusty, as uh, you know, I only play three months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm hoping to up that from now, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, um, I'm going to be doing an Armada fleet for Northern Alliance and then the Firefight Marauders. My son is going to do a Salamander's Armada fleet, which he's already started painting on, and he's also going to do a Salamander's Army for Kings of War. So this should be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for putting this together, and uh, yeah. Thanks a bunch. We'll show you progress as we go. This is Matthew Temple with the Indie War Kings. And uh, for this challenge for uh, 2,300 points, I am planning to do the army I hate the most. I hate goblins. Oh, I get eight hordes and I get... Eight war machines, and yeah, what am I going to do with the other thousand points here? So, you know what? I can't beat them. I might as well join them. So, we got a bunch of goblins coming in. I'm also a huge anime fan, so this is my chance to do a goblin slayer goblin army. So, expect to see some pretty cool basing uh, and uh, a really cool display board slash diorama. I just have to find a white alligator now. Alright, so I'm going to tell you guys uh, what I'm building for the Mantic Challenge. I'm really excited because this is going to be my first full Mantic army. Uh, I have Undead, which is a lot of Mantic, but not full Mantic. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing something that's primarily Mantic. What I've picked is the Halfling army, which of course was released late last year I think. The Halfling armies are very hot right now in Australia. There's lots of people building them. I think mostly because they're such a unique set in terms of uh, they're, they're not readily available from a, a lot of companies. Yeah, they've really flown off the shelves here and I, and I think that's great to see. 
Now, on the live streams, you've seen me probably say positive and negative things about the uh, Halfling Mega Army box. One of the reasons I picked the Halfling Army is because one was available from a friend, so I picked it up and I thought, well, let's give that a go. And I, I love that it's a reasonably unique play style. Uh, but for me, I think it's a play style that I'll be able to get the hang of reasonably easily because I think probably they suit a defensive shooty style, uh, which I tend to play with my dwarves, which is the army I'm most successful with. With the Mega Army, it comes with a lot of models and uh, as you're aware, it comes with the, the split sprue, so you get cavalry and infantry, which I like because I think it's a it's a great idea for, for selling models. Uh, I dislike because it really pigeonholes you the amount of things they've got for each type of model. So they've only got a certain amount of spears or a certain amount of hand weapons. And so it, it really doesn't give you much choice in what you can build between rifles, hand weapons and spears. Uh, and that same goes for the cavalry too. So in the future, I would have loved to see the, the sprue come with basically options to build more hand options or more spear options or more rifle options than what you actually need if you were splitting them all equally so that at least you had a little bit more choice and so that to me that's probably the main drawback of the box otherwise in the mega army box which is what i'm starting with you've got 60 plastic halfling infantry 30 plastic halfling cavalry a pvc sorcerer a pvc greedy guts a pvc feast master a halfling iron beast a resin halfling engineer and of course all the bases that you need what i'm going to start with is painting up a whole bunch of infantry and the cavalry to break the back of this army box and to give me a fair bit of utility in what I can put down in terms of drops. So uh, in when I was playtesting halflings or seeing people playtest halfling, halflings, the braves were quite popular. So that's what I'm going to start with first. In terms of colour scheme, I am doing my colour scheme in honour of my brothers who are two gingers and I only got a tinge of the ginge but they got the full ginge the funny thing is is that they're both taller than me so uh, halflings is the way that I can peg them down a notch and I'm going to have them in pink and purple I just wanted to go for a reasonably vibrant color scheme and I thought that I could pull that off and I'm going to be using the new uh, army painter speed paints so uh, i've done a test model with those and the the paint seemed to go on really nicely i've been really happy with that so uh, for those of you interested the the purple we'll be using is the hive dweller purple and the pinker color will be the purple alchemy so even though it's got purple it's got quite a bit of pink hue and then i'll just be highlighting them or up with my normal vallejo paints from which i got the full set so i'll use a, a lighter pink and a lighter purple to bring them up a notch uh, the skin will be the crusader skin and that seemed to go on really nicely on my test models and not even really need a highlight so i'm not sure whether i'll bother highlighting the skin uh leather would be hand hard and leather and then take that up a notch if necessary and then other than that i don't think i need to use too many other colors oh runic gray uh, i found you can use and still works quite well as a metal because you can't get metallic colors in the speed paints and uh so so they're the colors i'm going with and oh, i forgot the hair fire giant orange so it's a little bit hard to find a, a lighter orange than than what is currently 
uh, what is the fire giant orange. So it's hard to highlight that up a bit. So I do have an orange in the Vallejo set, uh, but it won't necessarily uh, look like it's got super highlights or anything, unlike the the rest of the models. How am I going to base these guys? Well, I'm going to base them up uh, using uh, printable scenery files uh, for resin. So I backed the Rise of the Halflings Kickstarter that Printable Scenery did. Um, I've got some experience with Printable Scenery stuff. Uh, they do really good quality stuff. I'm going to print it up in resin rather than plastic, uh, and I think that'll come out. I've got to pick the things that'll actually fit on the bases, um, but I'm, I'm going to use that to create a bit of a probably a sparse forest vi village, so not a lot of ground cover, um, but I'm going to have particularly the braves around this, some garment stands and like potion stands and things like that. So I'm going to have them gathering around. Um, you can still do late pledges on the Rise of the Halflings, so if you want to check it out, you hit, hit head to printablescenery.com. They're a New Zealand company. Uh, they do some great stuff on there. And they also, for some of the bigger stuff, do some instructions on uh, smaller printers. Uh, and they have pledges going all the time i've backed a, a couple of kickstarters of theirs over the years so that's how i'm going to do the bases the, the coloring i'm going to keep fairly muted uh, greens and browns i think to really let the models pop off the base uh, whilst i'll have a fair bit of that resin terrain i won't necessarily have heaps of tufts or anything like that i, I really want the models to stand out on the base uh, i'll be trying well, where possible i'll probably do preferred model count uh, going for that 75 percent depending on the size of the resin piece that i put on a base uh, I, I do want to be able to see the character model in the models because i think in the halfling models they have really done a good job of giving that that character in the faces of the model so i want people to be able to pick those out so like i said first off i'm going to do the the mega halfling army uh well most of it i would say i'm not sure i've never run greedy guts or the feast master so i'm not sure they'll be a priority uh, i look forward to running a sorcerer and i just think the model's really cool so i'll give that a go i really like the upgraded version of the iron beast so i'll definitely be getting some color on that fairly quickly as well and i think the model's really cool with the with the two chefs on it now, following that, I've also ordered another halfling army to give me more options of infantry and cavalry if I want it. I want to have all the models. And one of the other reasons I did it is because it also comes with a halfling harvester and a sorcerer on an Arales. And so I want that mounted version. So that's going to give me heaps of options. And as you guys know, I like to use uh, child labor to assemble my models. Uh, so I'm not going to have to be assembling it. So um, I don't mind having too many models to assemble. Then I've ordered a couple of aeronauts regiments. So I think they'll go up depending on the res uh, on the on what I put on the bases, they'll either go two or three on a base. Uh, I can't imagine myself having more than three regiments of them, so I will not be going any more than that. I've ordered a couple of halfling stalwarts groups because I want some options for the heavy cav as well as the stalwarts. I'm not entirely sure. I think I might try and stretch those models out a little bit. I've, I'm, it's a little bit disappointing that you can't get more of those guys easily. So I might even do a front rank of stalwarts to, to um, symbolise the higher defensive units and then have some regular units behind them uh, because, yeah, I just want to stretch those out a bit. And then what the unit everyone loves hearing me pronounce, the EJ Grenadiers, uh, because obviously they're French and obviously that's the proper way to say them. Uh, I've ordered three regiments of those. I think 
personally that these are the real gem of the halfling army with their with their brutal options uh i i love the models uh you guys will soon if he hasn't posted them already see some from patch adams he's done an awesome job on them uh, i'm not sure what color i'll make the wings on those guys yet to match with the pink and purple theme uh, but i'll try and do something that really stands out i think i've got a couple of halfling generals on winged aralezes because i think they're just an awesome awesome model but uh an awesome utility piece that the, that fits with the halflings mobile options so i think at 2300 i can really see myself using a couple of those and then the last thing i've ordered is a, a second harvester because i think there's a chance i'd run some variations of the list with a couple of harvesters in it at this stage i haven't bought any trolls i, I just don't I I don't particularly vibe trolls in any army and I don't see them being something that fits my play style. So I'm really, I think, going to push with my halflings towards higher unit strength drops, uh, higher unit strength overall, and play a bit of a war of attrition with them. I'm not going to worry too much about having uh, a bag of hammers available because the halflings, honestly, outside the trolls just don't really have it. So I think you've got to use um, your manoeuvrability and the resilience of the halflings to try and to try and win the game. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to be putting together. I hope by the end of the first month, I will have at least a unit of Braves done, maybe two units of Braves done, and then I'll probably move on to maybe a horde of spears, potentially broken into two regiments, and then I'll move on to some Cav slash the Iron Beast. Uh, so that's what I'll have planned first up. And I look forward to seeing what all you guys have in store for us as well. This has been Saturday for my project that I'm doing. I just finished my All-Mantic Army with my Night Stalkers. I mean, I have a few models left that I'm finishing off and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, that project's done. And so when you um, announced this challenge, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Because my next project is finishing up my goblins which are almost completely non-mantic and so i was thinking about it and with the dead zone campaign just starting up and moving towards a firefight conclusion i figured now is as good a time as any to jump in on that uh, i've been really enjoying that and while my first love will always be kings of war i sometimes feel like dead zone is almost a better rule set but that's a discussion for another day with that being said i've started up an enforcer army and i want to practice my non-metallic metal so i'm going to do the entire army in a non-metallic metal bluish steel kind of color tones and i'm going to use uh, primary colors to denote you know are they support are they you know core are they in ranks and stuff like that so that's going to be my color scheme for that I bought the uh, the starter army for them as well as the, one of the uh, two-player starter packs Plus, I have all my stuff from Star Saga if I want to do any other factions later on. And I have all that stuff that I'm working towards and building all right now. It's a lot of fun. The models aren't as much fun to put together, especially the Enforcers. But the models themselves are a real blast to paint. Um, and it's really helping me with that technique. And so that's, that's what I'm working towards. Hi, John Paul here from the Australian scene. Uh, you might notice some of my works, including my YouTube channel from a couple of dabblers. I put out some battle reports and stuff there, um, but I also write for the Goonhammer column along with Matt Truella. Now, I'm going into this uh, 
hobby challenge with uh, Countercharge for Trident Realms. That's what I'm aiming for. And the way I kind of stumbled into Trident Realms, to give a, a bit of uh, context, is all at CanCon. So the CanCon 2022, uh, organized by Matt Croger of Countercharge. And one of the door prizes, I didn't actually win a prize based on any skill of mine. Um, it was simply because I was able to walk into the door and through chance alone, I was able to pick up a Kraken. I picked the Kraken over, so I think it was there was a water elemental and a Kraken left, and I felt like I wanted a Kraken just purely because it looks so cool. Whereas the, oh, nothing on the water elemental, but it doesn't look like a Kraken does. So I picked the Kraken, took it home, and then I started thinking about, well, what if I did do a Trident Realms army? At this point, I only had Abyssals, and the Abyssals are fun, uh, but I'd kind of gotten through them. I played a whole year of them. That was my first army. And I was then thinking about working on my goblins, which are a layover from my Old World collection uh, for Warhammer Fantasy Battles. But then the Trident Realms really just looked quite interesting. I started looking at the army list and really saw just how quite different they are because they don't have much defense, but they are quite defensive and grindy, but not in the way that you expect. Um, and so this whole thing got me intrigued about the army range. And then I looked at the models and it just, it all spiraled from there. But one of the key units that took my eye um, I'm not quite sure, I think it's just because it's Defense 6, is the Placoderms. So the units, you've got Ector, who is the hero Placoderm, but the Placoderms themselves are infantry, and they're quite solid, they have Phalanx, they're Defense 6, and thanks to having Spear, they have, like, Spear attacks, they have 15 attacks, because they're armed with Spears, but there's no model for them. And so, even before this whole Mantic uh, challenge, trying to build a whole Mantic army, I wanted to make these guys from Mantic stuff, and it just so happened that a friend of mine won a whole Salamander army, at CanCon, and he didn't really want them. Like, there was like, he, the fire elementals he could use, the tyrants he could sell off, but he didn't know what to do with the salamanders. And I bought them from him because I thought, well, a placoderm, for those who are not aware, is an armored fish. That's kind of the, what it is. And I assume a placoderm is like a walking armored fish. And so, what's very close to an armored fish is a yeah, lizard. Um, and the salamander models definitely look like kind of armored lizards. So therefore, if they simply only have a dorsal fin attached, you know, some green stuff to dorsal fins, uh, maybe some fins on the tail, they would look like placoderms. And then cut off the weapons and put on some spears, just from other kits and stuff, I will have a decent looking unit of placoderms. I'm not sure what other people use as placoderms, but that's what I wanted. I wanted literally what they're supposed to be. So that's the... I've got 30, 60, I've got 60 salamanders, so I can make a lot of placoderms from that. If we're talking, you know, uh, preferred model count, 15 for a regiment, and you can only have them in troops or regiments. So that's four regiments of placoderms, which sounds uh, pretty abrasive um, when it comes to Defense 6 in infantry. So that's got me excited. And then I've got the Kraken already, so that's already a really, really good uh, amount of stuff. Um, but then in the rest of the range, I was really excited to get into as well, because you've got the Naiads, you've got the Thule, you've got the really cool, I mean, they're metal, the um, River Guard. They're a bit annoying in that they are metal and quite fiddly, but they're a really sweet looking model. Um, and all the heroes look really great too. I mean, it just so happened that I managed to then find out that someone was selling off their Trident Realms. You know, unfortunately, they had to leave the country of Australia, and they have this army that I need to uh, get off quite cheaply. So I got this whole unit, or well, not unit, whole army. And from that, I can actually do my full 2,100 points. But I did ask for permission, and the fact that I can repaint them and then submit that as my, you know, uh, submissions per, per month. And so that's the idea. So right now, I'm actually working on my Goblin Army. I'm updating all the paint jobs. I'm putting the units onto multibases for Convic. And 
now that I have some, you know, a base painted um, Trident Realms, I can do those in the background without compromising my ability to get all the goblins done. So that is the plan. Get the goblins done, also work on this army challenge, getting some Mantic stuff, and finally have a full Mantic army. Because all my armies actually have some Mantic miniatures, but none of them have all Mantic miniatures. And I think I can do that with the Trident Realms. Obviously one day I want to get a Coral Giant, and there is no Coral Giant model. And since I'm going to be so heavy into Placoderms, you know, kind of water lizards, I think I want to go Godzilla. Get a 3D print of Godzilla for that. But outside of that, which will be later, it'll be full Mantic. And so that's what's got me quite excited. And so, yeah, I'll be posting updates of that. Hello, this is Alex Coos, your Canadian Countercharge host, uh, reporting in for our Mantic Army Challenge, for which I have chosen Orcs. I have been planning on painting up an all-Mantic army for a while now, kind of going back and forth on which army to pick and, you know, trying to prioritize things. But my painting speed is glacial, as we all know, so I have not actually gotten around to it yet. I've taken this challenge as the perfect opportunity to put this project at the front of the queue, and since I've had an orc mega army on my shelf sitting around, I thought I'd build around that. Uh, I've added another army box to the mix, plus another war drum and a crudger on winged slasher, and this is going to get me pretty close, if not beyond 2100 points by the end of the year. So I think I'm well set for that. I think aesthetically, out of all of Mantic's miniatures, I think the orcs are one of my favorite lines of theirs. They lean more to the sinister side rather than goofy caricatures that we see in some other games, and I really like that. I think orcs should be you know, a bit darker and a bit more evil than sometimes portrayed, you know, more along the lines of the Lord of the Rings than uh, some other games. I also really like the look of large blocks of infantry on the table. You know, I play Ratkin and Rordia, and both of those armies are based around large hordes in regiments of infantry, kind of just, you know, covering the table. It looks dramatic, it's fun, I like you know the multi-basing opportunities that gives you, and I think you know, part of having an all-mantic army is running demo games with them to you know showcase the game and the miniatures, so I think having that kind of large army on the table is really appealing for a lot of people. With respect to the gameplay aspects, I think you know, it's, it is similar in some ways to Rordia and Rackin, they all have rally, which is nice. They're infantry based, but there's no shooting in orcs. Uh, the orc units are much larger footprints, we you know, which is a bit of a detriment, but you know, something to work around and you know, something to practice with. But almost all, everything in the army, you know, is CS1 with so it's a threat in combat, which is something that most of our armies don't have. There's a lot of you know, chaff, a lot of expendable units in most of my lists. So this is going to be going to be interesting for me to build an army where almost everything can kill stuff. So that's going to be fun. And I think that, you know, it's a bit more straightforward play style, which again, will lend itself, you know, to demo games and makes things a little bit more fun because you're just, everything's a threat, everything's killing things, you're rolling dice, things are, you know, getting picked up. I think that'll be fun. Hobby-wise... I haven't really settled on a uh, color scheme yet, but I'm going to test out some non-green skin tones. 
and I'm leaning towards a pale gray blue with maybe some browns and rust on the armor to kind of contrast it. It's kind of that blue to orange, you know, color wheel contrast thing, but I'm going to play around with it and see what I like. I want it to be a fairly straightforward color scheme and painting technique to achieve that just to keep things on schedule and not, you know, not overcomplicate things. If I end up having a bit of extra time later, you know, in this fall, I might do some conversions. I have 20 gore riders, which I may turn into skulk outriders because I have the skulk infantry guys as well. So it might just be a, you know, simple chop at the waist kind of thing and make some skulk outriders out of them. And then just to kind of mix things up, I was thinking of, you know, making gore the gore riders into orc gore centaurs just to make things look a little different they all the all the gores are the same miniature and all the gore riders are the same with just you know posable arms so just to, as a way to make them look a little more exciting i might you know chop them up and reassemble them we'll see how ambitious i get and how much time i have but it it's an option it's that's been rolling around in my head I also have a few Mercia Giants, which may make it into the list as bonus centerpieces that I can use alongside my Crudger on Winged Slasher. You know, it'd be nice to have, like, you know, just big miniatures again. When you have, you know, a carpet of infantry, it's nice to have some height variation, and, you know, Giants and Flyers are a really good way to do that, along with, you know, depending on how you want to base the infantry. List-wise, I haven't settled on anything specific, but I have a feeling that the Defense 4 dominant orc builds of 3rd edition are probably a thing of the past. Like, There's a lot more shooting now, even if, you know, Clash of Kings, you know, this year, later in the year, may change things up a little bit, but I feel like shooting's here to stay for the rest of the editions. I don't think defense for army builds are going to be as competitive. I do have a lot of great axe, which I wanted to use because I really like those miniatures. So I may just end up using them as long axe because the great axes are longer than normal axes. So I think that fits. And as long as I don't mix them in the same list, it should be fine. So I'll probably go with a couple hordes of long axe, you know, play around with some more axe and just normal axe. I haven't thought about using young axe, but they're an option still. But I think I'm going to mainly do long axe and some more axe. Got lots of orklings on the sprues, so they'll probably make it into the list. And then trolls. Troll bruisers are one of the best values in the game, I think. So there's a good chance I'll have two or three of those just to make it a little bit more competitive, even if it is just a demo army. Overall, I've played against orcs quite a bit, you know, since I started playing Kings of War, you know, five or six years ago. But I think outside of like one or two UB games, I've never actually played as orcs. So I think this will be an interesting experiment to kind of develop the army, play, play test it. You know, I'm sure the list will you know, my lists will change periodically as I play more and just get to get a sense of how I want to play the army. But I think I'm pretty excited about it. I think 
I've been working on my uh, Cult of the Raven for two years now, so I'm, I'm excited to wrap that up and move on to something new and play something that is completely new to me in the game. So I think this is the exact, you know, that's how we should all be approaching an army challenge. You want to be pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, not just doing exactly what you always do. So this is kind of my way of doing that. I'm going to use models that I have been sitting on my shelf or I haven't really been, you know, looking too hard at getting it. But now I'm starting to get excited about the, the Orc, Orc army. And I think it's going to be a good year. I think we're all going to have amazing armies at the end of it. And that's just what the community is all about, building more armies, playing more games, and getting out there. So thanks. That's uh, everything that I have to say about orcs and how I'm going to approach the challenge. So I'm looking forward to listening to everyone else's. And uh, until next time, keep countercharging. Hey, this is Kara Brown, and I'm excited to be talking about working on my new Rift Forged Orcs army. Uh, I am starting that, or started it a while ago, actually at the beginning of the pandemic, and have been picking it up again and working on it. Uh, it was a little hard to get it started, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to put it together and get the army on the table. So it is going to be all Mantic if possible, with a few conversions, uh, where I'll be starting with Mantic models and doing some conversions, including a conversion for my uh, Storm Shrine, which will be a uh, Rhinoceros from the Hellfane model, uh, because I like that model and I've never gotten to use it. So I'm gonna start with that and make my shrine out of that. Let's see, I, it is going to be World of Warcraft, Magger Orc themed. So red orcs with lightning and volcanic earth uh, highlights. They're going to be dark, but with some brighter purples and uh, lightning bolts and stuff like that. And my display board is going to have a dark portal uh, on it, uh, probably with some electronic stuff to have that dark portal theme going. So I'm excited to be working on it. It's going to be a couple big hordes of Rift Forge Legionnaires, uh, some really good uh, punchy units, and then a bit of a monster mash with giants and monsters and a big flyer and some other flying monsters. So uh, that's what I'm planning on working on, and uh, love to talk to people about it. Thanks. Hello, Counterchargers. Jeremy here to talk about my plans for the Countercharge All Mantic Army Challenge. Time to hit the uh, danger zone. Gotta get the speed, feel the need, the need for speed. Gotta make sure we got a lot of stuff ready for this summer that we're gonna get painted, and it's just gonna be a blast. So, what am I going to do? What's my plans? What's my color schemes? What's my list going to look like? Uh, you know, what's the deal? So, we all know for Kings of War, I wanted to do an Empire of Dust. Uh, the only thing with the Empire of Dust is that was really based around Mantic releasing some refresh stuff this summer. So, we know that uh, there's going to be some maybe some updated models, maybe some stuff moving from metal to resin. But without that, 
having been released yet, it's really hard to 100% you know, base out what I want to do. I know theme-wise, I want to do something skeleton-based. I want to do something more like MMU, multiple medium unit, or, you know, uh, MS, MSU, uh, or just like a, a kind of a grindy skeleton list with maybe, you know, a, a Chobik or a couple of Bone Dragons, you know, uh, some casters, uh, maybe some Enslaved Guardians, but just something a little bit more um, based around skeletons. You know, I'm a kid. I grew up with Jason and the Argonauts. You know, I just love... Just, just the classic skeleton, and I thought about basing wise of doing the um, sand basing, but wanting it to be that when it like goes together down the middle is almost have some like Nile River esque look, you know that Egypt is not just about the desert. That there's the the Nile Nile River Valley really is like it's really unique thing. So I thought maybe that could be an interesting way to do Empire of Dust, but do it in more of like a creative basing or maybe, or maybe you know, just set them in like an environment that you wouldn't think of or that maybe has some some desert, but maybe do it like high desert or rocky desert and not like dunes desert. So essentially with Empire of Dust, I'm just going to have to wait a little bit to see how that fully materializes. But as I've talked about on the show, I'm super psyched for Firefight. I've been having some games with Kyle Timberlake. Thanks and shout out to Kyle. He's been helping make sure there's a bunch of assets available on Tabletop Simulator to play Firefight. And also uh, announced here for the first time, Tyler, Kyle, and I will be producing a once a month regular countercharge episode on all things Firefight. So we have one coming out soon for you guys. And we're going to be interviewing Andy Sharp the writer of the new edition of firefight so i'm really excited to have andy on the show we'll be talking with him within the next couple of weeks and we're going to get that show out to you guys as soon as possible and it's just going to be fantastic so stay tuned for for that for more um firefight info so what i can talk to you guys today about is i'm going to take you through a little bit more on my ideas for my asterian firefight project so why Asterians? I've always loved the sort of ancient space race. You know, I loved uh, when I was a teenager, really in the Babylon 5. I loved sort of the mystery behind the Mimbari. I've always loved uh, the Eldar and the Grimdark. I've just, uh, the Protoss and Starcraft, you know, I've just always loved that sort of vibe of the ancient alien race. So right off the bat, Asterians uh, from a thematic feeling felt good i also just love 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 the spectra i think it's one of uh not only the coolest dead zone or dead zone slash firefight models but it's one of just mantic's best model period so i really wanted to have spectras in my army so between both those things i was like okay this is probably going to be my army and then once i played it i was like yeah this is really cool so what did i get to start my asterian army so i picked up the asterian strike force uh, I got mine through Chris Fisher, Troll Horde Games. Check him out. He's a great purveyor of all Mantic products within the U.S. Great shipping, good discounts. Check him out. So in the Strike Force, it comes with 30 plastic marionettes, six support drones, four cyphers, three cypher wardens, one plastic uh, chroma, which is like the tank slash transport, and then one of the uh, super hot new resin overseers. So in looking at that list, or looking at that and looking at sort of the list construction, I know that I want to have at least bare minimum one chroma tank, 
because I got it in my Strike Force, and then two Spectras, because I love the idea of running one Spectra as the shooty version and one Spectra as the melee version, and I imagine that they're being controlled by like twins or or I just love the sort of like the theme of having two Spectras fighting back to back. So to have a Chroma Force platform and two Spectras, I need six troops to unlock those three support choices. So in looking at troops, it's like, what do I got? I got 30 marionettes. Well, five marionettes make a squad, and five times six is 30. So spoiler alert, alert. My, my list for Asterians starts off with six marionette squads at five guys apiece. And this is a 1,500-point list. I think 1,500 points is really going to be that sweet spot for, for a firefight. So in my six marionette squads, I have, they come with four marionettes with just the no rifle, you know, nothing, just regular rifle, one with the sniper rifle and one with a cloaking drone. And that clocks in at cheap 80 points. So my thinking here is I love having these cheap little squads. They come with a cloaking drone, which gives them stealthy, which is the same as in King. So minus one to hit. If I'm running them around in cover, Ideally, you try to should be. That's minus two to hit. Uh, at armor five, which is not great, but it's not horrible. It, it's actually a pretty durable little unit. And then with the sniper rifle, that gives them something that's longer than the range 18 of the no rifle. And sniper rifles are cool in that when you do damage, you can decide like who within the unit you want to kill. So like if they have a special weapon or even other units that have drones. The sniper rifle can pick off drones. So I loved the uh, str- the strategy of being able to have agency over like who I'm killing. So it seemed like the best of all worlds, right? Cheap. It fits the models that I already own, right? <laughs> that came in the, in the Strike Force box. And uh, gameplay-wise, I think it's going to work out pretty good. So those six troops of marionettes... What what am I getting with those? So that's unlocking sort of the, the juicy center of the list, which is the Chroma Force platform. I'm taking mine with the Super Heavy Fission Beamer. So the Super Heavy Fission Beamer is sort of your anti-aircraft, anti-tank, range 36, three dice, AP5. So that just cuts through armor. So this is one of my big, huge... Uh, super buff guns and then the chroma platform also comes with four shields how shields work in uh, firefight is very simple when you're shooting at a unit and you hit it before rolling to wound you can disregard as many hits that your opponent scored based on how many shields you have so it sort of has a like a little buffer the chroma platform the chroma force platform can be hit four times before you have to roll to see if it's taking any damage and then I'm taking two Spectras, right? So one I have, I'm taking uh, just the standard Spectra Blademaster loadout. So that comes with a Plasma Salvo, which is a short little weapon, but it comes with the Solar Blade, which is six dice, AP2, anti-tank. I love the idea of, uh, of the Blademaster charging into an infantry squad. If it's an unhindered charge, it's assaulting on threes, on D8s. Six dice AP2. So you have a chance to just kill four, five, six infantry guys. Or I also love the idea since it's anti-tank of like teleporting in a blade master because Asterians have this rule where they can teleport teleport in a 
uh, a walker to like into combat. So he's hiding behind a building, teleports right next to a tank, and then with a solar blade just freaking chops the tank in half. You know, and it's like you can totally imagine like like a lightsaber just goes right down the middle, and then the tank just goes ooh as it splits open. So I love the idea of running both those, and it's just such a killer model. Uh, and then for command, obviously, I would take one overseer because that's what also comes in the box. And the overseer has a, a, a lot of great rules around um, shield manipulation and uh, increasing shield uh, shields. So that would work well both with the chroma. It would work well with the spectras because the spectras also come with shields. And it's a kick-ass new resin model that I have. So right off the bat, that's sort of like the core of the force. The only things I need to get is I got to buy the spectras. Uh, and then sort of the next part of the list is the specialists. So it's sort of trying to figure out what am I going to use in that specialist role? There's a couple options. I could take some weapon platforms. Weapon platforms are like artillery pieces. They come with heavy fission beamers. Not quite as good as the, the fission beamer on the chroma, but better than the fission beamer pistol on the spectra. I could take some black talons, which are like your commando SEAL team, like aerial drop, super elite constructs. Those guys love those. I've also thought about maybe just taking some Kalishi, uh, which are troops, but, you know, just to fill out points. So I feel like I have a good thousand points of the list, like fully visualized and realized on what I want to do. So that's the six squads of marionettes with the drone cloaking drone and sniper rifle the two spectras one as the assassin which is the one with the fission beamer pistol one chroma with the heavy super heavy fission beamer and then the overseer and i'm taking the tactician drone with the overseer one of the cool things that overseers can do is they can take a drone which would give you extra command dice so I just love, and again, that's like such a cool thematic thing that like my overseer on the platform ha on the on the platform has this drone that's like doing all the calculation of you know you should shoot this guy or whatever. So that's giving me like a better tactical presence on the battlefield. And I think that the really the key to the dead zone is going to be having enough com command points and fully maximizing those. So I'm excited to do that. And so so as far as the rest of the list, I think that's just going to organically sort of grow out, but. I think I have plenty enough to start with with those six squads of marionettes. Okay, so now we're going to think about color scheme and theme, right? So I was a big fan of Secret Weapon Miniatures did great resin round bases. Unfortunately, they're out of business, but there is this great company called Dragonforge Designs, which has a huge line of sci-fi resin bases. So I've been kind of looking through those to see if any of them sort of jump out at me. Um, I just love putting my stuff on resin bases. It just creates a really great base right off the bat. So I've been looking through those, and then I've been thinking about color schemes. I've always been a huge fan of sort of the um, bone and black uh, and red color scheme, you know, uh, very much, I guess you'd say the Ulthway, that sort of color scheme. But 
my Twilight kin are black and have some ivory and some red. So it's like I'm trying to get away from painting the same color scheme, but it's so hard when that one color scheme to you looks so good. So I think I'm probably going to take a couple of marionettes, really simple models, and just do some some color testing, see see what's looking good. I'll share it with you guys, get your opinions on what on what you think what you think looks good. And I'm already I'm already thinking about what could be cool tokens to represent my shields. You know, do I do like a cool see through acrylic something that like like make a little bubble to fit over the unit? You know, so I have a I'm trying to think about you know like what sort of bling can I get into the army. But I'm super excited. I think I got a really good plan moving forward to get the beginning of the challenge going. And then once the EOD comes out, I can kind of reassess and think about, you know, how much of that do I want to start going. But I think at least with the Asterian Strike Force at, at that, you know, $100 less with a discount price point is just a super easy way to pound out all my troops, get everything going, get my tank, you know, get kind of like the core of the army going. I'll be picking up a couple of Spectras. And man, I'm jazzed. Uh, it's a great game system, super clean, really fun to play, great for competitive play. You know, so stay tuned. We're going to be doing a, and it's announced here first, a once a month firefight themed countercharge episode with myself, the Dreadpath Zone man himself, Tyler Schultz, and and Kyle Timberlake, who's been doing a ton of firefight stuff and work on Tabletop Simulator. So each month we're going to be doing a firefight episode. The episode coming out for next month is going to be an interview with Andy Sharp, the lead designer for firefight second edition. We'll be talking to him about design philosophy, uh, how it kind of sort of the second edition of firefight came to be. And we're going to be doing for all you new players, a quick primer sort of on the, you know, six main factions, you know, why play what, like what's unique about, give me your elevator, elevator pitch for enforcers. Give me your elevator pitch for Marauders, etc. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm excited for Empire of Dust. I'm excited for uh, Firefight. I'm excited for you guys to see what you're all going to do in Dead Zone and Armada and Kings of War. You know, tons of great Mantic games and tons of great Mantic models to choose from. And remember, as always, keep counter charging. My name is Mark Temple. And the army I am doing for this challenge is Ogres. This is the first army I have am building for Kings of War. Uh, I have built armies for previous game systems, but not for Kings of War before. And in borrowing armies to learn the game, I found I rather like the Ogre playstyle. And I love Mantic's visuals and lore for the Ogres. The army theme I'm do doing is Jungle Ogres. Now, this is a tribe of ogres that, having heard rumors of golden cities to the distant south beyond the jungles, have traveled down south and gone into the jungles to search for these golden cities and loot them. So they will be based with jungle foliage, and I will be making minor modifications with bits to make it seem like they've been traveling through the jungle for some time to, and have adapted to living in it. This should be a very interesting army to uh, build, and I hope I can, am up to the challenge of completing it on time. Hey, Countercharge Crew, it's Trent Sosby. 
And for the Mantic Army Challenge, I have a couple of things planned. I actually just purchased the Forge Father Strike Force and the, I think it's the Annihilation Spearhead is what they called it with the three tanks. I'm going to be focusing mostly on that for the majority of the challenge. Um, I've never played Firefight before or Dead Zone, but my good friend Tyler Schultz has finally talked me into it. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to paint some Space Dwarves up. I'm thinking about going for like a red-themed armor and go with uh, lava bases, or I might do the exact opposite and do more of like a traditional blue theme with frozen bases. I've always liked snow effects on um, on models. And, uh, like, for instance, my first Undead Kings of War army was all, like, had a frozen tundra look to it. Um, but for fight, that's it for Firefight, and I also have a couple of ideas for Kings of War. I've been playing Forces in Nature for about the past month. I have a 2,300-point army list already uh, painted out, built out. But I'm really interested in adding some Hunters of the Wild, some Forest Shamblers, and everything like that. Especially the Tree Herders and the Wilt Father. I'm very excited about that. I have two Tree Herders I need to that are still in the box. I have about 20 Forest Shamblers that I want to put together as well as some individual characters. I'd really like to find a cool Mantic model to use as Kapoka. Because I think uh, with Kapoka, she has the Phalanx Aura. Yeah, for the Phalanx Aura for Vernant. So I'll be focusing on that. I really want to put some time into the tree herders since they're about 300 point eight points each. So if I could do the one tree herder a month and really put some time and effort into it, I would like that to be the centerpiece of my army. It'll be interesting to see the differences I can come up with to determine like what the Wilt Father is versus a regular tree herder because I would really like to run two on the table. I just think that would be nasty. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm very excited about painting my first Firefight miniatures and getting my first game in. Rob here. Uh, tonight I wanted to lay out my plans for the Counter Charge Mantic Army Challenge, which as you're listening to this has already started. It started on June 1st. And so let's start with, start at the top. What army am I going to do for Kings of War? Well, I've decided on Salamanders. Now, you may be saying, why Salamanders? My, my main response is I just love the models. I think the new sculpts that, came, that, that have come out with in the last couple of years are just amazing. And I have been slowly acquiring some. And in a little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what I've purchased so far. But, you know, the sculpts, I think, um, just aesthetically are very pleasing. I've never done a Lizardman army, even back in, in uh, Warhammer Fantasy days, so it'll be new to me, a Lizardman army. I think the closest I've done is I did some uh, Dragon Ogres in the bottom half. It's kind of a lizardy thing, but you know, I really haven't uh, done the whole Salamander thing yet. So that's the first thing, is the models. You know, In terms of the play style, it feels like a very versatile army in the sense that you, know, you, you can definitely do a grindy list where you have lots of heal, you can do a list that's got combined arms or even a little bit more shooting and really shoot the heck out of your opponent. You also have some pretty offensively capable units like Rhinosaur Cav and, and, and Tyrants. You know, I, I think the tools are there to make a competitive list, though that's not really my, my goal in this. My goal is to make the coolest looking army I can. When we started this, Matt and Jeremy and I had sort of thought about, well, what if we had like armies that lived in the same area? Subsequently, that, 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 that dream has sailed. But for me, I do have a theme that's kind of formed in my head and, and really in my head for what, the, what I want the army to look like. 
And it really is more about what I don't want it to look like. First of all, I don't want it to be in a jungle, <laughs> um, in, in, at least in a traditional jungle, like, like, you know, like the Mayan ruins and stuff like we've seen in the past. Right. I also don't really want to fall into the, the trope of the mantic background where you're on this, this island of fire. Right. So the imagery that really is really caught my attention and really is where I'm coming from is, is, is sort of the desert, but really an oasis in a desert. And specifically, if you've ever seen like pictures of the Nile, at the mouth of like the Mediterranean, like right there where it's coming in, right along the edges of the Nile are very luscious, vibrant in- environments. Lots of grass. And I actually saw a movie the other night called Death on the Nile, which is a movie about an Agatha Christie novel. Ironically, though, there were some great uh, set pieces in that that really got me thinking, like really cool uh, Egyptian, well, they're really not Egyptian style, but... I don't know. They were from like the early teen 1900s, right? Buildings and stuff that could that could blend in well with my army. So, kind of want the look of the army to be, hey, we're living on the banks of a very lush river. This army lives in this town, which I haven't come up with a name yet, but it's it's you know, it's 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 actually in a river or 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 maybe it's on the edge of the coast of something. But either way, in a desert area, but right along the water, it's very lush, rich environment. My basing I think I'll have a lot of opportunity. I, I can certainly do some desert if I want, right? But I can also blend that in with more of that oasis look. So, and maybe that's the word for, for my theme is I, I want it to look like I'm in a desert oasis, right? That's probably it. So let's talk about what models I've purchased so far. I already have from the very f- first Kings of War second edition Kickstarter many, many years ago more salamanders than I can stick a stick at. So like if, if, if that's, if I inevitably need salamanders, I have them in spades right now, obviously some of the new things like ceremonial guard and, and some of the, where they make new bits, I, I'd have to acquire those. Cause I just have the basic hard plastic spruce. But <clears throat> the first thing I bought, which is always a good starting point when you're building a new mantic army is I bought the small salamanders army. And in that army is a Lycodon, a 10-pack of Ceremonial Guard, and then a, and then a units of uh, Salamanders. And then I, I'm not sure what he's called, but a, a battle captain, I guess, on foot. In addition to that, I've purchased a separate Lycodon, because originally I was thinking, well, maybe I have a couple Lycodons. But I'm gonna, I'll am gonna come back to what I think about a possible use for a Lycodon in a minute. Next, I've got four boxes of Rhinos or Cavalry. So that was my big investment, right? Because they're, I don't know, 50 bucks a box or something. But I've got four boxes, so I've got enough to do. Or at full model count, I could do two hordes. But I could break that down and spread it out a little bit. I also have three boxes of Tyrants. Now, where this other second Lycodons comes in is I was also thinking about maybe as a conversion, having one of my units, because I have nine models, right? nine tyrants that come through to a box and I have three boxes. I was thinking I would do five in one and then the other four I'd have, I'd, 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 I'd add a Lycodon to it and I would sort of have a guy like he's a, a monster handler holding back. A, you know, I thought that would look cool if I had a Lycodon that's trying to like pull forward and, and really attack stuff. Let me know if you think, if you think that's a cool uh, idea. It's not really a, not really a conversion other than just adding some chains and stuff. And um, anyways, so I have three tyrants, three tyrant boxes um, to make preferably two hordes. Um, I also have a greater of na- a forces of nature, greater fire elemental that I got 
many, many moons ago, along with a couple boxes of forces of nature fire elementals. So I theoretically could have the greater and I could have a horde. I also have one box of scorch wings, which I am planning to buy many, many more. They seem to be pretty awesome. So I think I would like to have at least at least one horde, preferably two. And then that's it. That's that's all I bought. So to kind of recap, I've got the contents of the small army box. I've got four rhinosaur cavalry regiments. I've got three tyrant regiments. I've got a forces of nature, greater earth elemental. I've got two regiments of uh, fire elementals. I've got one scorch wing regiment. I have an extra Lycodon pushing me to two when you add it to the one that's already in the the small army box and that's it right and so what's next for purchases i mean i'll probably you know uh, the nice thing is i think i think i have enough stuff to get started on and since this challenge is like a seven month thing i'll i'll add more as when needed right but definitely more scorch wings uh, are in the are in the fold and maybe i get to a sky lord you know maybe that'd be pretty sweet as well and, and you know a, a phoenix would be awesome as well so there's some other options there. So, so that's what's what I have in my inventory. So now that I've told you what inventory of models I have, write me a list. I'm, I'm going to create a separate post, you know, about, you know, Rob Salamander army creating a list, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of you guys will help me. You know, you guys are smarter than I am. Well, help me build a list that's that's going to be fun to play, fun for me, fun for my opponent, and it'll be at even more important than all of that, super fun to paint. So uh, that's what I'm playing for Kings of War, playing Salamander Army. And uh, that's that's Kings of War. There's also Firefight. Um, for Firefight, I am planning to do uh, Enforcers. I'm not sure, you know, in, in our challenge, we wanted to do 300 points per month. Well, that, that works for Kings of War. I'm not 100% sure what the points per month need to be for um, for for uh, Firefight, but I, but I did purchase for that the starter box for GCPS. I have unopened the, the, the older faction starter and faction booster for GCPS uh, for Dead Zone. And then in addition... I already played GCPS for Dead Zone, so I already have a bunch of models, you know, um, built and, and, and so in some cases painted. The, the, this is one where I am kind of at a crossroads, right? So when I started to do Dead Zone, I was like, well, I don't want it to be a time commitment. So I did a really quick paint job where basically I I used, um, I don't know what it's called. It's the Gra Gracier uh, spray from GW. And then I used, I took Null Noil and I cut it with um, basically lamia medium, like five to one, and made like a really thin wash, and then applied that to the the gray sear overcoat. And if you haven't seen it, it does a really great job of just like subtly uh, shading in the the gray sear, and it looks really great on like cloth pants, which and 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 vests and stuff, which is really all the whole GCP are right. Uh, and then once that was dry, I went in and like would paint flesh. And uh, maybe add some other things like, like I have a medic, so I painted his helmet white. But that's how my army's painted today. But I have another idea that that I'm gonna throw out there. If you, if, if it's if it's uh, if you guys think it's silly, let me know. Um, but I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if I painted the GCPS like Colonial Space Marines? 
right? So the guys in all black with the heavy armor that go into aliens with the big guns, right? But then the one conversion or one paint idea I had that I thought would be really neat was on the Strider, the big the big mech guy. Paint him up like the the power suit that Ripley's in at the end of Aliens when she kills that when she kills that alien. So like the yellow and then the hazard striping, you know what I'm saying? I think that would be cool. So uh, just let me know if, if that's uh, if you think that would be pretty neat. Um, it's something I've been thinking about. Haven't thought about how I'd go around actually painting it. The Salamanders are going to be more of a paint project for love, you know. This one, the GCPS, I really just kind of want to get to the table. So I, I would need to be looking for quick speed tips. And again, in that same post, if you guys have an idea for a 1,500-point, I guess is what I've been told is, is, is the right amount, point GCPS list for Firefight, let me know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, especially for, for sci-fi, I don't, don't really play. I mean, I've never played Firefight. i just just getting into the rules now. So if you guys have got some ideas on that, please, please, please let me know. So, well, that's it for me. You know, I just wanted to share with you guys what I've acquired, what I sort of had started in my my brain, and uh, really give you guys an open invitation to join me on this process to maybe help me guide. What am I gonna do? Color schemes. You know, I, I haven't I haven't thought of any yet. The what what well I should say one idea that I did have. Because I did paint a Kuzlo and Madfall model for my Ogre Army in a very bright turquoise. Certainly that's an opportunity, right? Like a really bright, vibrant color. But then I thought, if I'm living in an oasis on the edge of a desert, would I have those bright colors? Or would I have more colors like traditional like crocodiles? Maybe I have to do some research. Maybe I need to reach out to some of, those, some of you naturalists out there like uh, Garrett and get their feedback on what color uh, lizards I would really have along the Nile. But that's, you know, an idea for uh, that's for a discussion in the future. So looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Your suggestions are always greatly appreciated. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.